reporting to you not live from my closet. Hi guys. Hi. How is everybody? I am a big bundle of nerves this afternoon. Um this is the day before <laughs> this is the day before Wednesday, which is Tuesday, but the day before Crawl Space comes out. So when this comes out, so it's like I'm taught so future Kim, when you read listen to this, it'll be like you're in the future because you'll know how tonight went. Uh, I'm recording to I'm performing tonight being recorded to be pitched to be on various stations on Sirius XM radio which is a really big deal and really scary. And uh, there's, you know, jokes that I, I'm using that are funny, but I don't know. I haven't done them in front of an audience in a long time. And I'm, you know, they need it to be as clean as possible uh, in order to be pitched to as many stations as I can be pitched. I can be pitched, like if I am not clean, they'll, they'll pitch me to smaller stations. But if I'm clean, they will pitch me to many, many mainstream stations. So I, I don't know. I'm really nervous. And it's one of those things too. It's so interesting. Like we're, you know, we're trying to pack out the theater or at least get like enough in there to where it's an audience and we can hear laughter. Obviously there's like, you know, there's editors that'll, that'll enhance laughter if there's not that many people in there, but you can't really do that with like five people. And I've produced shows over the years my buddy and I were talking about this. We've produced shows over the years and it's just so interesting to watch who promotes a show they're on. And it is, I don't know, it's just like, and it's it's irritating when you're a comic and you're producing a show and then the, like, all you have to do is hit retweet. All you have to, and, it's, but like, and if it's like some crappy bar show, sorry, if it's some bar show, like just hit retweet. That's all you gotta do. I don't mean to say crappy, but like, but if it's like a show like this, like where it's like, pretty big deal. I, I don't know. Some people on the show haven't even posted about it because I'm tagging people. I'm checking their thing or whatever. Maybe they have. Maybe they've like personally sent out emails. It's just a frustration, um, especially for something this big. And the producer that's putting it together, who is also going to be pitching us to Sirius, puts down his own money for it all. Oh, I'm a big bundle of nerves, a big bundle of nerves. But you know, the way I look at it is I have done my the work. You know what I mean? Like I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I've worked hard. So it's like I show up tonight and you know, sometimes like in comedy, sometimes you show up and the audience doesn't like you or you're having an off night and there's literally nothing you can do. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm doing, I'm going to a couple of open mics beforehand just so I can scream a couple of things into a microphone and get out the jitters and bomb in front of, you know, people I've never met before. And then head over to here. And all the people that I, that are coming, um, that are there, they're coming to support me are like big laughers, big fans of mine. So I'm, you know, I don't know, but I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. Uh, yeah, it's a weird. So tomorrow when you hear this, so today, Wednesday, uh, at today, the seventh at 11 PM, five years ago, I quit smoking. How cool is that? Quit smoking. I don't know why. I think my last cigarette was at 11 p.m. on December 7th. And I know that you put in your, on the app when you have your last cigarette. So technically December 8th is my five year, but technically, I don't, I don't know. So five years ago, isn't that wild? Uh, 
I've, I've tried to quit smoking a bunch over the years. Um, on and off, you know, I, I smoked for a really long time. Man, I love cigarettes. If you talk to anybody who smokes and quit smoking, anybody who has smoked in their lives, they miss cigarettes. Like I, uh, a friend of mine posted on Instagram, I don't know, like a week ago that he quit smoking 10 years ago and he was like, miss it every day. And it's just so, I get like, it, I'm an addict, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm addicted to cigarettes. I'm not an addict, but you know what I mean? Like I'm, a, I'm addicted to cigarettes and I know... I know I can never again have a cigarette casually without completely going back and smoking a pack a day. I smoked a pack a day well over 10 years. Um, well over 10 years. My first cigarette was in fifth grade with my best friend, Holly Guy. And I didn't cough and everybody, and it was with all the cool kids. And they were like, oh my God, you didn't cough your first time. Now as an adult, I'm like, well, my dad used to hotbox me in his truck while he would while he would smoke cigarettes. Like when it was the dead of winter, he would like have all the windows rolled up and he would just chain smoke. I think he smoked Merits for a long time and then he smoked Marble Reds at the last part of his life. But he would like hotbox me in there, which is horrible. But you know, it was the 80s and the 90s. And also everything I've told you about my father's decisions on being a father, that probably shouldn't totally shock you. But uh, so the first time I had a cigarette, I didn't cough, probably because I'd been inhaling secondhand smoke since like I came out of the womb. Um, but I, you know, I, and then like throughout like the normal, like junior high and high school, you stole cigarettes or you smoked when your friends had cigarettes, but never anything big. And in college, I smoked when I drank. And then I, I don't know, I can't, I think when I moved to LA, I started smoking. I started smoking a lot. And then um, I missed. I'm missing teeth. I've told you guys, I've got those two missing teeth in the front and one of them fell out. Oh God, I have nightmares about it all the time. Such nightmares. Cause it's also like six grand to fix and a lot of surgeries and it's a nightmare. Um, and you have to get them redone. I think, I don't know. I, I don't even want to talk about it. It freaks me out so much. Uh, like I dream about it and I dream that I just like use silly glue or our crazy glue to glue the tooth back in. Cause I can't go to the dentist. Oh, I'm terrified of it. Um, Oh God. I'm like, oh, let's change the subject. Ah. Uh, but um, yeah, one of them fell out. Like, I don't know. God, it was like 12 years ago at this point, 12 years ago. And uh, I'll say 12. I have no idea. But a long time, I was still working at Big Wangs. I was a new waitress at Big Wangs and one of them fell out and it didn't fall out. You could just feel it loose. And I went to a dentist or I went to a surgeon and he was like, yeah, you smoke. And you're like, when you are a smoker, your gun, your gums deteriorate, deteriorate. And, um, you're like you have the 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 stump that goes in there that ha that holds the implant and your gums over time will like go like make the implant basically like they do your bone it just like goes around it but when you smoke it deteriorates your gums and so what's what's supposed to happen doesn't and so the the surgeon was like I will fix this and they had to like do a whole bone graft thing it was a couple surgeries it was a nightmare uh, but he's like but you have to quit smoking I won't help you if I know you're gonna not quit smoking and so I quit smoking that time for like three years. Um, God, I don't, yeah, for like three years. And then I, you know, I smoked on and off and then I'd quit for like six months. And then I, you know, it was, it, it was quit. if you've ever quit smoking, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Like it's, oh God, I think I've told you this. Uh, my, and I, I asked him if I could say this and he was like, yeah, but give me credit. I'm like, well, there's no way I can't give you credit for saying it because I didn't do heroin. And that would be a shock to everybody if I all know where it was like, um, uh, oh man, I, um, yeah, I can't, I need to turn off my, my, uh, messages when I come on here. Uh, cause inevitably, as soon as I hit record, I get like five serious text messages of like a various 
things that people are like, please respond right away. You know what? I like just now, you know, every time, every time, as soon as I hit record, it's like someone died. No one died right now. That's terrible to say, but, um, Oh, so smoking. Um, Oh, so my cousin, yeah, I've never done So that would be a weird curveball. So I have permission from him. My, my cousin quit heroin, uh, I don't know, like four years ago, I want to say. He got clean from heroin, but he smoked still cigarettes afterwards. And he quit cigarettes last year. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but uh, it's one of the funniest things someone has ever said to me. I was like, I was like, hey, um, you know, they have that saying, it's harder to quit cigarettes than it is to quit heroin. And like, I've never met anybody who quit heroin and cigarettes until now. So I was like, cousin, tell me, which is harder? Now we finally have someone to say, which is harder, cigarettes or heroin? And he looked at me deadpan and he's like, well, I never shit my pants in a bathtub coming down from cigarettes. So I'm going to go ahead and say it was heroin. That saying's fucking stupid. <laughs> I've never shit my pants in a bathtub coming down from cigarettes. So good. Uh, but yeah, like... But if you've quit smoking, it's really hard. And I always tell people I have another cousin who's who's struggling quitting right now, and she's got quite a bit going on. Um, my, you know, the family stuff I've been very evasive about that's happening. Uh, she's got quite a bit going on, and she's being so hard on herself. And I'm like, girl, like it took me years to finally quit, and I still don't know if I like. Who knows? I mean, I I don't want to smoke anymore, but I also know that life can happen. Um, so I had quit, but that, that's my advice to everybody to, who wants to quit smoking is just be nice to yourself. Like I tried to quit trillions of times. Um, I had quit for a while. I can't tell you how long cause I don't remember, but I had quit, you know, like a year or so. Um, and then I got word that my dad was really sick and was going to die. And as you guys know, I hadn't had a relationship with my father in like five years and it was like, a, you know, he, he has like 12 days left situation. So you need to. Like it's going to happen and it's going to happen quick. So if you're going to go back and, you know, have a, a forgiveness conversation, you've got, that's one of those things where you pull off into the nearest gas station and buy yourself a pack of marble, not marble lights. I smoke parliament lights. I'm burpee. Sorry. Uh, parliament lights. Uh, that's one of those situations where you pull off into the gas station and buy yourself a pack of marble lights. And I just, I didn't smoke at the gas station because gasoline. Um, it's a story for another day. Uh, uh, my friend set my car on fire in high school at a gas station cause she was using her lighter while I was pumping gas. I got in a lot of trouble that day. Um, and my dad had paid to clean my car. We did nothing happened. Thank God. Thank God. Like we didn't blow ourselves or the gas station up, but my dad had my car buffed out cause you know, it caught on fire. So it had the fire marks. And then, uh, my, my best friend Aspen, uh, who did it, she, she was like, I'll pay your dad back. And I was like, okay. And then I just had her pay me in a bottle of apple pucker, which is really funny. I, he's dead and she probably doesn't know. I mean, she probably, I probably had told her at some point, so whatever. But, but yeah, those, that's one of those situations where I forgive myself for smoking again. And I smoked and I, you know, I, I'm, as you know, I made the decision to go back and forgive my dad and, you know, make amends. And, uh, I sat with him and I was like, look, when this is all said and done, when you, you know, you're dead and we've, you know, finalized everything and I've mourned this, um, I'll quit smoking. I promise. And he was like, I really hope so. Uh, cause you know, that's one of the things that helped, you know, move along his death is cigarettes. Um, and then, you know, after he died in August of 2015, so in December, 2016, would that make it five years? 
21. Yes. I quit smoking. So it took me about a year and a half, which, you know, and I mean, I mean like that kind of obviously whatever I was. So I just, and, and what I would say, cause a lot of people ask me how I did it. What I would say is when I finally decided, when I finally decided to do it, I downloaded an app, uh, smoke free, smoke free. I think it is. Yeah. And it like, like it, you put in all your information and it gives you all the stats and it like tracks it for you. I still have the app up. I'm going to post about it probably tomorrow for this, this show, uh, this show on Instagram. Um, I still have, you know, and, and then I also told literally anybody who would listen that I was going to quit smoking literally anybody who would listen because they always say, if you're going to do, uh, you know, a quit goal, you should tell everybody cause it holds you accountable. And if you're going to do like a, like when I wrote a book, I told, you know, a handful of people I was writing a book because you don't want to have the shitty energy. Cause some people are like, you'll never write a book. That'll never happen. You know what I mean? So you don't tell people those goals. You just tell a handful of like trustworthy people that you know will encourage you. But if you're going to quit, you tell everybody you're going to quit. Because there were times that I want, after I was like, I'm quitting smoking. It's been three days. There were t- times in that, that I wanted to smoke, but I had told so many people and so many people were like rooting for me that I was like, well, I can't smoke because I'll let them down because I'm a people pleaser. Um, and then, you know, what's really cool uh, over the years. Uh, people have come up to me after that because I'm really vocal about my quitting smoking journey. Um, a few people quit smoking because I inspired them to do so. One woman actually was like, oh, I quit smoking, drinking, and I was doing loads of cocaine. So I don't do any of those things anymore because you inspired me from your cigarettes. And I'm like, that's wild. But you know what I mean? So it's like share because you never know who you could inspire. And and uh, what was I going to say? So it's been five years. I do wish I would have quit sooner. I do wish I would have quit sooner when um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I am have an appointment with a lung doctor soon. And my doctor brought up uh, early onsite emphysema and emphysema has taken out a bunch of my family. And um, so I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I, I mean, I don't think that that is possible. I mean, who knows? I may have it. Who knows? You know, I like, I can't say no, but um I don't know. I've been through quite a bit in my life. I can't imagine at 40, I get fucking emphysema or 39 and a half, 39. I will not say 40 until I'm 40. Um, but like, you know, so I don't, uh, so tomorrow or today, when you guys are hearing this, uh, December 8th, uh, was the first day I had without cigarettes five years ago. Fucking wild, huh? Um, yesterday was the anniversary of big week, uh, anniversary of my friend, Anna Land, um, uh, my friend Anna Land passed away, committed suicide uh, three years ago yesterday. And I only mention her on here because I just, I feel like that that is how we keep people living forever. You know, we keep talking about their memory. I loved her. I loved her so much. And I think about her every day. And I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess there's not much I can say about it. Her brother wrote this like beautiful tribute on his Facebook and I still haven't been able to bring myself to comment or send him a message, but it's just, it's just, it was one of the hardest deaths. Um, she was one of the most vibrant, saddest people I've ever met in my life. Um, she, she loved the fuck out of you. She loved you. And I got to be one of those people that she loved. And man, we fought, man, we fought so much. I brought her, I had a, um, I was in a festival called big fire 
in the desert. I don't, I, I don't remember where it was like the Mojave desert. Maybe I don't know. That doesn't sound right, but it also sounds right. It was basically burning man for comedians, but I don't do drugs. So I did, I got a little high on it, but, uh, I brought her and we fought, you know, I picked her up. She lived in Silver Lake in this beautiful house and I picked her up, you know, when we were headed to in May of 2018. Um, yeah, so like six months before she passed. I think it was May 2018. Yeah, it was. Um, it's like seven months before she passed. I picked her up and we had a beer and she had made me uh, a bunch of food because I was like not eating uh, dairy or gluten. And she made and she knew I loved quinoa. And so she made me like a big thing of quinoa and brought a bunch of food for me. And, um, and you know, we, we drove there and she called me a nerd and a loser the whole way there because I wouldn't let her drink in my car while I was driving. I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> Don't do it. And I stand by it. You know what I mean? Call me a square. Um, but she was like, you know, and, and we got there. And then, you know, once we got on the dirt road, we both cracked a beer and then we like drove into the thing and... And, uh, and then she did a bunch of mushrooms or acid. I think she did mushrooms and kind of disappeared for most of the thing. Um, and when I saw her at the end of the thing, she was like, I was, you know, tripping on acid or on mushrooms or acid. I really don't remember. Uh, but she was like, I saw a bunch, you know, I saw everyone in my life and you are one of the people that I saw. And like, she's like, dude, you're like a really good person. And Ah, she was a really good person. She left her hat in my car that trip. And she had this signature hat that she wore everywhere. And uh and I you know when you when you're when you love somebody that is struggling that much with um themselves, uh depression. I don't like I don't really want it. it's not really my story to tell on her behalf, but I know that she was, you know, when you when you love somebody that is struggling with herself. I know I know when I was struggling with wanting to stay alive and not hurt myself. I was hard on the people around me. I was lucky that uh, I, I had enough people around me that I told and would listen. A lot of people uh, didn't care. Those people aren't in my life anymore. But um, uh, she had gotten increasingly difficult to be, a, you know, I mean, she, she was a drinker and I... I I don't even know how bad I want to talk about this truthfully because I want to just honor her memory. But I know the last five months or so we, we, we text about, you know, getting help and getting her a therapist and, you know, she was talking about quitting drinking and, you know, all that stuff. And, and I never got her, her hat back and then she finally just replaced it. And now I just have her hat hanging in my, my bedroom. And a, a, a woman I made friends with when I was in Columbia, she was like, you should wear that hat. And I still haven't been able to bring myself to wear it. It just sits there. I talk to Anna all the time. Um, when I went to her funeral, uh, we, she had her funeral at Hollywood Forever, which is just so beautiful. And Anna, you know, just such a Hollywood. Um, and I had never met her brother or cousin, but I'd heard about both of them, you know, throughout the years of our friendship. And it was just me and two other people that were invited, her boyfriend and her other best friend were invited to the actual funeral. And then afterwards, it was like a, you know, a big, you know, wake or reception or whatever the fuck they're called. Death is so weird, man. Um, how we, our, our rituals and how we come together after someone passes. And so we had this part, they had this party and 
I went up to her brother and I'm sure I've shared this before. Um, but I think about it a lot. I went up to her brother and her cousin, you know, separately, separately, they both said this thing separately. And it was, I said, um, you know, up and I was like, hi, you know, I, I'm Kim. I'm uh, one of Anna's best friends. And I just, you know, wanted to extend my condolences. And they both said this quote, you're Kim Crawl. Anna was your biggest fan. She loved you so much. <laughs> and like, you're Kim Crawl. And I was like, fuck. Um, you know, fuck. I was like, That's, that really sucks right now. But it's going to be really awesome to remember throughout the years to know that she did love me as much as I loved her. Um, man. So, uh, yeah, just what a week. Uh, so if you're struggling, I don't know. When I, when I was struggling, I've talked about this before. I knew my brain was broken. I knew my brain was broken. And I told literally anybody who would listen that I was going to hurt myself because I was trying to save my own life. And I know she did too. And all, you know, and that's the hardest part about deaths like that is like you hold this guilt when it isn't yours. Um, you think you could have done something more. And truth is, I, I probably could have. I probably couldn't have. You know, it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I loved that girl though. And I went to, uh, I wasn't in ACA yet, or I just started ACA when she passed away. And so I was still going to Al-Anon. And so I like doubled up on my meetings because I was, you know, just so sad. Um, I guess, and it's one of those that you'll always be sad. Yeah, it'll always, you'll always carry that a little bit with you. You know what I mean? You'll grow around it and you'll get, you know, you'll grow around it. Um, I talked to, I talked about the Taco Bell analogy. I'll do that again. I'll explain that again when I'm done with the, but I was going to a lot of Al-Anon and, um, I, I shared about it and two women came up to me at two separate meetings. One I'd known for years who was just lovely, just seen a lot of addicts die and had, you know, been around a lot of suicide and, and not, not saying Anna was an addict. That's not mine to say, but, um, but just, she'd been around a lot of death and a lot of suicides and she was just like, try, you know, I know this hurts, but try and have compassion for your friend. I can't imagine being, feeling that, uh, feeling that sad and that alone, that there was no other option. I've touched it. I've never gotten there. And, and then another, another woman came up to me after I shared about her and she was like, this isn't what people like to hear and, and you know who knows if it's right but it gives me comfort because she had a, a friend who had committed suicide um she was like uh giving someone the dignity to live how they want and you know live how they wanted to live and do what they I, it's so hard it's so hard I should maybe do a trigger warning on this one um but it's hard to say that because it's like no I wanted her to stay but it's also like I, I, you know, you can't force someone to, um, that sounds so, oh, but I remember her today. I, re I think about her all the time. I talk to her all the time. If you knew Anna, you knew that she was a fucking force. And if she loved you, she loved the fuck out of you. And if she believed in you, man, you were lucky to have her believe and love you. You know, she didn't like you. You wouldn't want to be around her. You never had to guess how that broad felt about you. She was she was a fucking force. So uh, yeah, big week, big week of anniversaries. So I quit smoking tomorrow, and Anna passed away yesterday. And tonight I'm recording for Sirius. So if I get you know if I get uh, you know accepted on Sirius, that'll be a third 
wild thing that happened the week of December 6th, 7th, and 8th. Jesus Christ, I didn't think I was going to launch into all that. But uh, here we are. That's kind of how all of Crawl Space goes. Um, I... Uh, I had this interesting, so a, a comedian, speaking of, speaking of death, I had a comedian friend pass away last week. And I said friend that way because I, I, I don't want, he was, you know, I, I, I liked him a lot. And, you know, I would, if you asked him, he would say, yeah, Kim Carl's my friend, you know, comedy friend. We weren't, I didn't have his number. We didn't talk regularly. But when we saw each other, we hugged each other. Um, he was best friends with, with a dear friend of mine, my, one of my oldest friends in comedy actually. Um, and I just feel for him so much, and, you know, and this is the, the, his name is Jonathan David. Um, if you're a comedian listening to this, you know, you've heard the name if you didn't know him because you, your whole Facebook has been covered in tributes to him. He was a really kind person. Um, every time you saw him, you would hug you, make some kind of crack. He had a great laugh. Um, and I'm devastated for his best friend. Uh, just devastated for him. And, oh, oh and, and it, it's just, it's, and he was, you know, I mean, I, his birthday was on Saturday. And I, I don't know how old he turned, probably like 38, 40. He was probably my age somewhere. Um, and it was, he just went to sleep and had a sleep apnea thing and didn't wake up. And it's just, it's just all so short. It's just so short, you know, just... I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I, I keep having to learn the same lessons over and over. Not all of them, you know, but, you know, you keep learning something until you get it. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, the the gentleman that I've talked about here and there, um, he's fine. He's fine. This isn't about him at all. He's great. And I know a lot of people that I know listen to this about him. It has nothing to do with him. It's just I have learned a lot of lessons with this particular human um, in the last couple of weeks that aren't, you know, that I, I put up with behavior or I go after unavailable people or I go after people that aren't going to treat me the way I want to be treated. Man, I wrote a whole fucking book about it and I still am doing it. I'm still doing it. Um, and that's by the way, if, if I buy my book, uh, that's by the way, why it's called recovering party girl, not recovered party girl. Cause I, you know, I'm a work in progress. We all are. And I, you know, I still sometimes like to party and I still sometimes have a low self-esteem and I still sometimes put up with a behavior that's not, you know, acceptable or be, it's not. And again, like it's nothing to do with this guy's fine. He's not doing anything that he's, he's living his life, but I am realizing more and more that I go after these unavailable relationships, unavailable people, people that aren't necessarily on the level I'm on, you know, um, and not higher or lower level. I just mean we're in different worlds. This guy and I are not ever, we've never been on the same page and you know, it, it seems that we won't be, I mean, never say never, you know what I mean? But I'm lucky that I have a sponsor, um, who I am honest with, you know, in, in the past I would have, you know, not been honest or told her or therapist. Uh, and I'm actively seeking a therapist right now. Um, I, I have the foundation with my ACA. I, you know, I have, I, I have my like people pleaser shit under wraps. I mean, I talked about therapy before and like my 
my problem with therapy is that I am a people pleaser and I will make them authority figures and I will not be getting better, but I'll feel bad that I'm not getting better. So I'll just say that like the spiritual bypass, right? I'll like say shit they want to hear. So they think they're doing a good job and that I'm healing, but secretly I'm not. And coming into ACA and especially with this, this sponsor I've had for God, almost a year, over a year. Oh my God. I wonder when that happened. Oh, well, I guess we'll never know. But, um, I've had her for over a year and, um, I, I don't have that anymore. Like I don't hide. Like I, you know, I, I talked to her about, uh, how I was feeling about this particular person. And not only am I able, and I, this is what I'm actively seeking a therapist now, cause now I have the foundation that will allow me to not, lie to my therapist that I'm fine. Like I have a sponsor that I am able to be honest with, even if it's the ugly parts, the parts that like you don't want to share. And not only she doesn't let me off the hook, but she doesn't scold or isn't disappointed in me. Like she knows I'm a fucking work in progress and I'm gonna keep, you know, I'm gonna keep two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward. And, and what's happening now is why I'm in so much pain about this particular situation is it's the awareness that I keep walking back into these, these situations that aren't good for me. <laughs> like before I used to walk into the situations that weren't good for me, but I wasn't aware they weren't good for me. So the only thing that hurt was just the end part. But now it's like, I know the building's on fire and yet I keep walking back into the on fire building. Um, and it's, and again, nothing happened. It's just, it's, uh, I mean, a couple of things happened, but nothing worth sharing or I like to kind of, I, I don't like to share things until they're fully processed, um, on here just because I don't want to, you know, just sit. I mean, it sounds like it does sound like I just sit here and ramble and whatever comes to the top of my head, but that's just sort of how I am able to do this. That's how I do comedy too. People think that I, I don't have any, and people don't think that, but you know, it sounds like I'm just talking to you, but I have shit prepared. Um, I don't know if that's good or not for you guys, but, um, but I'm grateful that I have someone in my life like that, that I can be brutally honest with about what I, what I'm going through, what I've done, where I'm at. And they, they, and, and she didn't do the, like, you know, she wasn't like, Oh, well that's fine. You're doing the best you can. It was like, well, we keep running into this problem. And it doesn't, how do we feel? It doesn't feel good. Like it was like tough love, but not shitty, like shaming tough love. Like my last sponsor sort of did that was like a shaming. I felt like I needed to hide shit from her because she was like a shaming person. And I found out later, you know, I mean, later we're all where we're at and really none of it's personal. You know, anytime she was shaming me, it was really projection. Right. But this one is just like, oh, and then at the end of it, it was like, I feel really bad. And she was like, well, I have to keep learning lessons too. And, and you know, and it's, 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 no one's going to make us do this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you want to change your life, you have to change your life. And oh, it's uncomfortable at times. It's painful. It's really hard and it's lonely. Um, but fuck, is it worth it, dude? It's worth it. I know on the other side of this, I'm going to find a partner that I deserve and that treats me well and that wants to be with me, not someone I have to chase around in hopes that he'll like me. And God, I wrote a whole book about that. And I still, I mean, I, but again, like my sponsor said it right. She's like, you weren't taught this shit as a kid. You weren't taught self-esteem. You weren't taught safety and whatever. You weren't taught to look after yourself the way like healthy people are. Like I was taught to like make sure everyone in the room 
is happy and content so I can stay alive. At times, it was literally so I could stay alive. My mom used to have these characters in her apartment that were like, you know, and I would have to read them all. It was like, all right, that guy's doing drugs. That guy's abusive. She's drunk. He's there. All right, what's the best move? Do I entertain? Do I hide in the closet? And a lot of times it was hide in the closet. And and so it's, you know, it's... Uh, there was some times where I would entertain. One time I put on this weird bikini. I've never told anybody about this weird bikini and I stuffed my boobs really big and I danced for these men. That's a weird thing to just like throw out there. And it wasn't, I, I, who knows? I don't, I don't, I mean, I think it was just like giggling and whatever. They were all high. And then I, you know, went back, retreated back into my box in my closet. That's so fucking grim, man. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that by the way is why I'm, I'm looking into getting to therapy. I would like to, I've healed a lot of my trauma. I've healed a lot of it, but there's still some stuff I haven't. And I know that I am really grateful because someone who grew up the way I grew up, I am really adjusted and really fucking great. I should be, you know, not anywhere near where I'm at. Um, you know, just, I just, I mean, that little story, was just like a cute afternoon. Like there's many more like that. And, and, but now I have the foundation and I'm really grateful and I'm, you know, I'm trying to change my life and I have a lot in a lot of ways, but I did backslide with this particular, uh, person relationship, you know, I mean, not like relationship, but you know what I mean? Like I, I did have a backslide and that sucks and it's painful, but there's also the loving parent happy list I've talked about before where it's like, uh, you know, um, how would I, you know, if like if a friend came to me and said that, you know, she, you know, when it was pursuing somebody that wasn't particularly great for her and she, you know, was having a hard time not pursuing this person, would I be like, oh, you dumb fuck? What do you want to be alone forever? You know, I wouldn't talk to a friend that way and I wouldn't talk to a child that way. It would be like, all right, well, what are we doing here? And that's where the like loving parent shit comes in. I didn't have those kinds of parents. So I have the, you know, the bad voices in my head that I'm changing. Um, Every time I get in here, about 30 minutes in, I'm like, oh, did I share too much? Uh, no, this is what I want to do with my life is share this kind of thing. Because the further I go in this this crawl space and writing and anything I've shared, um, I get read people reach out to me. You guys reach out to me and you're like, hey, you know, strangers are like, thank you so much for talking about that. I thought I was alone. And it's hard sometimes. It's hard because there is criticism and there are people that don't necessarily have your best interest or, you know, there's, but that's why I have a close, close, I talk, I've been talking about it recently a lot. I have a really close group of people that I share things with and, oh, I just got some good news. A friend of mine just got some good news. So, so I got a panicked text and then I got a really good text. That makes me so happy. Um, God, I love that. Uh, that brings me to another thing that I wanted to talk about. I love the gray. I love the gray. I love that I don't live in black and white anymore, that I know that very few th there, I don't believe there's anything that's really black and white, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would, you know, I'd venture to say that almost everything is pretty gray or if not everything is gray. There's always... Huh. But it, it it's not, you know, and there's good and there's bad and there's so that the, what made me think about that this week. And so that guy passed away. Right. 
and there's this comic. I'm not even going to dignify. Like normally I like I went back and forth whether or not I was going to say his name because this guy's trash. But and I was like, oh, say his name because fuck that guy. I don't care if like he like because I try not to say people's names when I'm when I when I talk badly about them. But this guy sucks so much that I'm like, I feel like people should know his name. But then I was like, I'm not going to give that guy any more people looking him up. He deserves to just go away. He's terrible. This comic who I met, he's relatively good looking. He's not anything to write home about, but he's relatively good looking. Uh, when I first met him a couple of years ago, he was always really flirty with me and it was just kind of like whatever. And then I did comedy in front of him for the first time and he came up to me after my set and he goes, you know, I was going to ask you out, but then I saw your comedy and like, you're just like a really gross person. I would never date you. And I was like, well, Joe, yeah, I said his name was Joe, but that's as far, I'll just do the first name. Well, Joe, if it helps, I would have said no if you asked me out. And then he like, like scuffed and scurried away. This guy sucks. Um, he, he un he's unfriended me and friended me over the years and I will never re-friend him again, especially after this thing I'm about to tell you. He's just awful. He, un he unfriended me this time because he, a comic, a female comic, matched with him or saw him on tinder i can't remember if she matched with him or not but she took a screenshot of his profile and it was him shirtless and i can't exactly remember what it said but it like was the equivalent of someone saying no fatties like it was like i won't date you if you're fat it was like so, i mean this guy is so terrible he's like my buddy my buddy was like he's so bad that he's like a 1980s like teen comedy villain like he's just like such a bad person that like you were like you can't no one is this terrible you can't so he on his like on his profile it was something like that like i don't want to date fat girls so just swipe left like something awful to put right and so this female comic screenshot it and like, you know, I don't think she tagged him in it, but enough people liked it. And I laughed at it because that guy's trash. And he went through and unfriended everyone who laughed or loved it. Like what a psychopath, right? Um, but so, and I'm laughing now, but what he did there, so there's this, uh, there's this, um, it's like dive bar in Universal City called Universal Bar and Grill that everyone performs at all the time. It's like a, it's just like a divey mic, but it's you know it's a show, but it's not a show. It's just so it, you know I love it. I love going to it when I get to get when I when I when I'm out on Monday nights. Uh, it's just great. But I guess this guy this guy doesn't get booked on stuff and, and you know because he no one likes him. No one likes him. In fact, the one of the last posts I saw that he wrote that I'm able to see because I was hoping to see this one post. God, I hate this guy. I don't even know why I'm wasting my time. There's a point of this, but um he was like, no one in LA will book me. Someone please book me. And I heard rumors that he got kicked out of New York, his hometown, and no one will book him in LA. And he just retweeted something because I looked up what he posted just to see if I could see if anybody like commented and who liked it because it was so awful. Um, he he, re, uh, he retweeted something that was like, you know, some people just don't understand that you're the common denominator. I'm like, that's that's irony, right, Roger? Is that irony that he's the common denominator, but he doesn't know he's the common denominator? And he retweeted that he's the common denominator. Whatever. Okay. If you're not if you're not Roger, you don't understand why I was asking. I don't believe anybody knows what the word irony means. No one has been able to really. And everybody who says that they are like, oh yeah, I defined it. It's because I read the definition when we Googled it first. I will never, I, I would die on this hill, which is not a hill I should die on. But so this terrible 1980s villain, right? 
after this this guy passes away last week. And by the way, the comedy community is very sad. This guy was very sweet. He was very, very loved and very sweet. And this guy, this terrible guy posts, how many comics have to die before I get booked at UGB? You see UGB, the, the bar and grill. And like, I was like, my buddy sent that to me and I was just like, God, that guy's trash. I bet. I wonder if anybody will hear this and tell him about it. This guy hates me. <laughs> I don't care. Honestly, like the type of person that guy hates is exactly the type of person I want to be. Like the woman he doesn't want to date is the exact type of woman I want to be. He's trash. And so I was sitting there and I was like kind of mad about it because I was like, God, I hope, you know, Jonathan's best friend doesn't see this. People that are like really mourning over this guy. I really hope no one sees this. I, I hope that like he takes it down or someone, whatever. Right. And then, and so I'm upset about that, but then, so then here's the other side of the story, a different side, a different story completely, but the other side of like the gray, how the world is just gray in the most beautiful way. So I have health problems, right? Um, from the long haul COVID and I get my cats littered delivered to me. And for the most part, Amazon will take it right to my door. It's like a 50 pound box. And I sometimes am just unable to lift it. That's just where I'm at in terms of my, um, my uh, health, which totally blows, but it's, you know, I'm an acceptance man, uh, man. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, but the Amazon put a bunch of packages like outside of our apartment. They didn't even like call the gate or come in. They put a bunch of packages. And I was like, I don't, I can't go pick those up right now. I can't, I don't have, like, I just can't. Right. And I, and a part of me sort of wanted my mine to at least get stolen. Cause like they shouldn't do that. You can't put it on. You can't put a bunch of packages out in the middle of Hollywood, like at, at like a hundred yards from the homeless encampment and where people are driving. Like it's just, it's just not, it's not okay. Like that it'll get stolen. But I was like, mine probably won't cause it's a 50 pound box of litter. <laughs> and so the next day I came out and I walked down the stairs and somebody had put it inside the gate at the bottom of my stairs, which is like kind of a, a steep uh, stairs, right? It's like the second store floor. And I was like, oh man, I, I just, you know, this last like week and a half or so, my my body has just been really fucking weak, right? I've just been really, I have felt really sick, really weak, um, which, you know, it is what it is, man. I'm doing my best. Uh, don't get COVID and get fucking vaccinated for fuck's sake. Uh, it's, it's hard for me not to be a little salty about it because of how rough this last week has been for me physically. Um, but so I saw it and I was just like, I, I it's just going to have to be there for a couple of days and a couple of days I'll be able to lift it up. So right after I get this, like this message that this terrible guy posted something horrible about somebody who passed away. Imagine being that guy, by the way, for a minute, like what world? Okay. So I walk outside and my litter is right in front of my door and my two neighbors uh, are amazing. And they watch my cats while I'm gone. I watch their cats while they're gone. They're just really sweet, right? I text Elena, the girl, and I was like, hey. I was like, hey, did you bring my litter up to my my uh, my front door? And she goes, oh, my God. You know what's funny? I was going to last night when I got home, but I was just so tired and thought, I'll just do it in the morning when I wake up and then she's like, and then I asked Ryan, her boyfriend, she goes, Ryan, did you take it up? And he goes, Oh yeah, I saw it last night. And I know Kim can't 
really lift things like that. So I brought it to her door. Like both of them independently were like, oh, we know she's going through, you know, her physical stuff sometimes and can't lift that shit. So they just like brought it up there without me even asking. And I was like, that means so much to me. And she was like, she's like, yeah, girl, we'll help you anytime we can. We know that you're, you, you have your health stuff and your physical shit. And it just like, it reminded me that like, there are some really terrible people in the world like that guy. That guy's terrible, but he's, there's more good people. You know, like I talked about this uh, months ago when I was doing the audience work for that Jay Leno show that I love so much. Uh, there was a woman that like I watched a hundred shows, right? A hundred shows. And there was only one person in all the hundred shows that was literally the worst person ever. But she stood out because she was so loud and awful. But there were 99 people who were awesome. And so that's just, I, I don't know, take that for what it's worth. But living in the gray, I just love it. I just... I just love it. I love it. Um, so I have a couple stories and then I'll get out of here. Uh, I, I'm glad I did this today because I was a ball of nerves and I'm glad I'm here doing this today because then I can get it out. You know what I mean? Like get it all out and um, yeah, get it out. And, and um, why am I having a hard time uh, articulating? But yeah, like riffing and talking in here will help me get out my nerves and it's helped. Um, so I had this fun, uh, uh, fun job that happened. Um, so I got hired to be a MC, like host MC and do a little material at a private party roast for this guy's 40th birthday. Um, and it was like guy's 40th birthday mansion in Brentwood. And it's going to be you and 11 dudes. And I was like, oh man, that's exactly how like an SVU episode starts, right? Or like how, like, is this how I get murdered? I probably talked about this last week. So I did it. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And and it was, it came at the perfect time because I was feeling down about the, the guy situation. I've been sort of, you know, alluding to uh, whatever, but it had been, a, you know, I, I was feeling down about that situation and then I walked into this this house and dude, it was a legit mansion. It was like a, a legit mansion. Um, probably one of the biggest houses I've ever been in. Uh, and I walked in and I fucking owned it. You know what I mean? Like I picked, it was just like, I picked up a microphone and I remembered who the fuck I was. Like who, if I'm not for everyone and this guy is not the droid for me. And I just, I know that. I know that. Intellectually, I know that. And everyone in my, everyone in my life knows that. But he's not the droid, but I was down and I thought it had something to do with my worth, but I picked up that microphone. I owned a room and it was, and I, I was you know, I owned the room. I kept them on track. I kept like, it, and I made friends with these like 11 dudes and it was so much fun. And, and I made them laugh and I didn't get murdered. I got paid. He left me a really great review, which is just all of it. Like, Oh, it was just so cool. And it was so funny. So halfway through, this is, this is the part. So halfway through, so I'm hosting the roast, hosting the roast. And this guy comes in and he's like, clearly not one of their friends. Cause he's just like in a, and like not, he's like in a professional ish outfit and he's like stiff. Right. So he's clearly not anybody that, and, and I, you know, when I'm like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm the poker dealer. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm the comedian. You're the poker dealer. And then ha at the end of the roast, uh, the guy who's doing the thing, oh my God, Henry's staring at me. Like I'm bothering him. Am I bothering you? I, I, or he sees a ghost in the closet. 
both could be right. Ghost in the closet or I'm bothering him. Um, and so the, the guy who was running it gets up and he leaves and he comes back with a girl who is clearly a stripper. And I don't mean that. God, I felt like I was like, girl, I didn't mean that that way at all. Cause like, I know that like, I hate how our society treats strippers, sex workers. I think it's bullshit. It's like, I, I used to work with this guy who was like, I don't want to live in a world where women feel like they have to do that. Yet he would talk about his porn addiction constantly. And it's just like, it's like, I don't want women to have to do that. But, and it's also like, we don't have, like, it, it's just, if you don't, if you've never been a sex worker or you don't have a vagina, shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, he was, he always, and I just hate that judgment. And so she comes in, she's clearly a stripper, right? Or she's clearly that, uh, a stripper because she's also gorgeous. And she, you know, so I go over and I, you know, I start talking to her cause I know it's, I was, I do what I do. So I was less intimidated because I go into situations like that and I'm sure she does too. But so I want to, you know, we're the only two women in the room. So after the show and all the guys are like talking, I go over and introduce myself and, and I was like, yeah, I'm the comedian. I guess that guy's the poker dealer and, and what, and you're, you're the, um, I'm like, what do you do? And she's like, I'm the entertainment. And then I was like, well, that could mean a million things. Like, it probably means stripper, but it also like she might like spit fire or do gymnastics or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to assume. And I was like, oh, the entertainment. Or maybe I sound like a fucking idiot, but I was like entertainment. And she goes, I'm the stripper. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, awesome girl. These guys are really great. And she's like, yeah, normally I have someone else with me. Normally there's like two of us. And she goes, and I usually don't do private parties because they don't usually tip very well. And I was like, oh, the, and she's like, my boss promised they would. And I was like, yeah, these guys are pretty great. I sh I'm pretty positive they will. And she's like, yeah, but I normally have someone else. Do you want to stay and strip with me? And I was like, oh, no, 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 thanks. And then this is where I felt bad because I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And she goes, oh, and you, and you could tell she thought I was judging her because she went, I'm doing this because before the pandemic I had a different job and then I lost it and I'm, I'm doing this to help me, you know, go through college. So I'm paying for school. And I was like, Oh girl, I'm not judging you. I would do it totally. It's not me saying no, no, no. Cause I'm judging you. I'm saying I am not a sexy person. <laughs> like I will put on your lingerie. I'll look fine, but then I will dance around this room like an orangutan. And then I will also need them to laugh and sit because they won't find it sexy. So then I will try to be funny and it'll just take away from the whole thing. That's why I'm saying no. And she goes, oh, okay. And then she's like, are you sure? I bet you'll, you'll do great. You're beautiful. And I was like, what a cool world to be in. Funny enough to be into the comedian, hot enough to be the stripper, not hot enough to be the stripper. Let's be clear. I looked hot enough to be the stripper, but not ever hot enough. Cool enough, sexy enough. I don't, I don't know uh, if you've ever dated me or seen me dance, you know that it is not as cute and quirky like Elaine from Seinfeld. It's confusing and and sad. Uh, I hate dancing. I just don't like dancing. I'll dance at a wedding. I'll dance at a wedding because it's usually like hands up and hands down. Blah, blah, blah. If you're watching on YouTube, which I promise I will get them out this week, it's been a. I can't make those promises. I'm doing the best I can. I am doing the best I can. You know what? I, you, you're working full time. You're launching an empire. You're trying to keep in shape. You're trying to keep up on your health, your mental, your spiritual, your emotional, your financial, all of it. It's a lot. So be nice to yourself. I didn't mean to have a little bit of a meltdown, but it was cool. And then they invited me to the, the main 40th birthday party that Saturday. 
I had, and they were like, yeah, we'll put you on the list. And I ended up not being able to make it. I was doing dinner detective in Orange County. And I will keep that to myself until I've processed it a little bit more. But I, I don't... I don't really like Orange County, my friends. They are they are a different breed of people. They're, and if, for those of you who don't live in California or don't know what I'm talking about, uh, they're the part of California that protested having to stay in and wear masks. They have, uh, they're pretty big Trumpers. They're kind of racist. They're not everybody living in Orange County, but everyone I know living in Orange County that's not like that says everyone Orange Orange County is like that. So I, I uh, won't be I I will not be doing detective again in Orange County if I can help it. Um, but yeah, it's been, whew, so that was fun, right? This was a roller coaster of an episode. We laughed, we cried, we told a fun stripper joke. Um, what am I, oh, the poop scoop, you poop scoop. So I promised you last week that I would tell the poop scoop from Thanksgiving. Oh man. And I forgot to ask everybody, Mo- I, I forgot to do the poll if you look at your poop after you're done and if you stand while you wipe. I stand while I wipe when I pee and poop. Jesus, who am I? Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Thanksgiving, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Columbia, Maryland. I'm at this beautiful house with these beautiful people that I will be friends with forever. Uh, I'm with Roger and his, his friends are wonderful. When I show up, his friend Damon was like Roger's family, which means your family. And he gave me a big hug and I don't know if he's going to listen to this. Nothing bad happened. It just was like, (sighs) when you have IBS, (laughs) That's such a fun way to start any sentence. When you have IBS, it's just a wild card. When the So I'm in Columbia for like a week, right? I was there like four days before Thanksgiving and like three or four days, maybe two. I can't remember, but I didn't pooped. I went in on a red, red eye. So my time frame, my time was all over the place. I don't think again, I will do a red eye because I, I it took me like five days to catch up to it. But so I, uh, I, I didn't poop right for the first like three days because I just couldn't and you know you're in vacation mode you can't really poop anyway and like blah 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 right so we go we're in this beautiful house with these wonderful people we eat this great Thanksgiving meal and then of course as I'm talking to him I'm like uh oh I'm gonna blow out a toilet I'm gonna blow out a goddamn toilet why body why and I was like all right this is this is a home of a woman and a man and the woman has to have something in her ba- her bathroom. It's gotta it's gotta it's gotta be okay. So and of course the only bathroom is like right in the middle of where everything is. Right there's not like one in the back. <laughs> if when when we'll say when I buy a big mansion one day when I blow up, uh, like star wise, not like explosive, whatever, you know what I mean? I'm going to make sure I have one bathroom in the way back that just is like filled with things for people to feel comfortable pooping. This bathroom was like right there and no one cares, but they do care. You know what I mean? Like we're all like, it's fine. We all poop. We all say that, but, but we all judge each other. And I feel like the world would be a much safer place if we all were a little bit nicer to each other about our poops. So I go in the bathroom and I'm like, and it's like an emergency almost in this this moment. I sit down and I just, I, I, a bunch of diarrhea comes out. And I'm like, and I can't smell great, right? Like I, Kim Crawl, can't smell great because like I can't, not I don't. Like I can't, like my 
you guys understood what I'm saying, right? Because I, Kim Crawl, don't smell great is the different sentence than I can't smell. I can't smell well because of the whole COVID situation. Like I either smell everything or I smell nothing. Um, it's a real problem. It's a real problem uh, for many reasons. It's a problem when I can't smell anything because I can't be like, does it smell in here? And it's a problem when I can smell everything because I can smell every fiber of anything in my apartment sometimes. And I'm like, where did you two pee? And then the next day I'm like, I don't smell anything at all. And then people come over. I'm like, do you smell pee? And they're like, it doesn't smell like anything at all. It's a vein of my existence. But vein, 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 it's a vein, uh, vein. I know I'll get a text or two about which it is. Um, so I go a little bit and then I'm like, I pinch it off and I'm like, you, you're, you're not doing this here. You're not doing this here. These people love you. They are new. This is a beautiful bathroom. You're not doing this here. I'm in there having this as I'm hearing conversations right outside the door. Cause that's where everybody was. It was like right outside the door. You could hear what they were saying. So I get up, I flush the toilet. I'm trying to smell around. I open the cabinet thinking there's gotta be like poopery spray something and I open it up and it's like a bunch of little figurine dancers like dancing on the shelves which was very cute and and it would have been cute because like the woman who like it was very cute and very pretty but not when you're like desperate to cover up your own poop and so I was like what and there wasn't a fan there wasn't anything so I just like sat in there for a little bit without like after it flushed you know, like fixing my makeup or whatever, just to hopefully waft out the smell. I don't know if I did or not. No one ever mentioned anything to me. What a nightmare, huh? What a nightmare. So that's the poop scoop. I am fearing that people that were there will listen to this and be like, you did what? I mean, I'm a human. I'm a human. Um, Oh, I am excited. I feel a little less nervous. I have two bits. I'm going to go work out at a com a little open mic um, near my house in a few hours. I am, I, I am nervous because the thing I fall back on, if you see my comedy, um, I have a joke called that uh, about me puking on a dick. Um, if you want to see the bit, uh, I have uh, it up on my Patreon. I have a few, a few, and I'll put tonight's up. I'm going to film tonight. Hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a good one. Ah, um, I'm going to put it up. Uh, if, uh, yeah, I can go to Patreon, Kim Crawl, or patreon.com slash Kim Crawl. Uh, I also have a monthly podcast with Jeff May called, Ugh, fine, we have a podcast. It's actually really fun. He and I have really good my mic unplugged again. That makes me so mad, but we have really good banter. Uh, so I don't know. We'll find out how it goes tonight. Um, wish me luck or you guys in the future, it will be too late to wish me luck, but that's okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm terrified. Um, but I'm really, I, you know, I'm one, I'm one lucky broad. I don't know. Yeah. Yesterday I was sitting here and, you know, I was a little, uh, bummed out about, you know, the emotion as my friend put it, which is so true just with the stuff with the guy in Seattle, you know, it's going to take me a while to get over that. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, not over it, like in terms of like, I hope he comes back, but you know, it was a, a long, lot of lessons, a lot of, a lot of stuff I have to look at myself of why I would pick that, put up with that, think that was real. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done around it. And, and then, you know, this other situation that I decided to divert my attention to instead of looking at the Seattle, that's what I, that's what this other situation is. Instead of like processing the Seattle guy, I diverted my attention to a few other dudes, not just the one that I've been talking about. And then there's a few others that I'm like, no, we need to look at this other thing. But, um, I was like, I'm one lucky Brad. So yesterday I was, I was, you know, thinking about that 
And then I was like, oh my God, I am going to have lunch with a good friend of mine who is very big in the comedy world. Uh, good, good friend of mine. He's like, yeah, when are we getting lunch? And like, he believed, you know, like that's a meeting, not a meeting, but it is a meeting with someone that I would never dreamed of being able to be friends with. I have a book out. I am recording for Sirius. I have a modeling job tomorrow. What the, f I'm like, what am I doing? I like, why? Like I'm one lucky broad that I have all of this opportunity around me and that I have the courage to go after it and that I have, you know, I feel like my career is about to take some sort of turn for the best. And I think maybe I'm focusing on things that I, that I, because I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid of the turn. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's that lawnmower or the saw is happening outside. Who wants to get together and kill one of my neighbors? Let's just kill him for fun. The guy who, uh, it's just so loud. Um, and it's hard to not, not get distracted. Um, uh, let's, it, we're almost, we're, it's, it's almost, we're almost done. I can, I can power through this fucking Jesus though. It's just like, it's been going for two hours now. Um, but yeah, I'm one lucky broad that I, I have a lot of opportunity in my life and I have, I've done a lot of the legwork to get here and I have a lot of support. And also I have a sponsor who doesn't allow me off the hook. You know what I mean? Is a safe place where I can be honest about thing about backslides, but and but is kind, but also doesn't let me off the hook. That is a game changer. If you can find someone in your life like that that you trust full heartedly, wholeheartedly, that won't let you get away with bullshit, but will also do it in a loving way. God, I'm so lucky. I'm one lucky broad man. Um, that's the show. That's that's it. This time tomorrow when I post it, I will know how tonight went. Obviously, I'll know how tonight went after tonight. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, do you know, you know the drill. Um, follow me, K-Y-M-K-R-A-L on all the socials. If you have a uh, if you if you'd love to leave me a review, I'd I'd love that. I haven't checked them in a while, but I don't think I have any new ones. So if you have a minute, please leave me a review. Um it just helps them push the podcast further up. Uh, I'm going to be trying to do some work on trying to get this thing out in front of more audiences, a bigger audience. You know what I mean? Um, so if you're able, if you haven't done it yet and you're able to, I would really appreciate it. Uh, and then also I have a book. Um, I'm sending out signed copies today. I have a few left. So if you want to get a signed copy, go to kimcrawl.com. There's a place called buy my book. I will sign it. I will get it out. It's a good Christmas present, especially if you have a friend who dates a bunch of duds and has a low self-esteem. Um, it's a pretty good, uh, self-helpy, funny book. So, uh, if, you know, I, I'm thinking in the next, like, it's probably going to be in the next like seven days. You got to get the orders in in order for me to get them out by Christmas. Christmas, but I'm going to put a little note on there. If you want to leave a note and have me wrap it, I will do it too. I'm not a very good rapper, but it'll be fun. Like present rapper, not rapper, rapper, not, also not a good rapper. Uh, okay. That's the show, everybody. Um, yeah. Buy my book, uh, follow me on everything. Um, and if you want to get Patreon, we have some extra bonus episodes plus all my standup, uh, not all of my standup, but a lot of my standup is on there too. Uh, patreon.com slash Kim Crawl, K-Y-M-K-R-A-L. If you want to send me your poop scoops, Kim Crawl Space at gmail.com, K-Y-M-K-R-A-L-S-P-A-C-E at gmail.com. And that is the episode, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space. I'm Kim Crawl.